that's Hello, actually hey. everyone. Hello. Welcome to the patch. This week brought to you by Blue Apron, MeUndies, and Pro Flowers. Wow, look at Three that. Three sponsors. Three. Look at this classy set. This is what it's like to be on a real established podcast. Just so mm. you know, Jeremy. Oh yeah, oh, I know. Wow. I actually He's have been not, on the patch before. I've been, yeah, but not on this setup of the patch. Oh, okay. I've never been on the patch before. This not is that, exciting. Damn. Do we do? What are the rules? Do we introduce ourselves? Oh, yeah. I know oh, that there's this thing. Flip that. Right now, right now. This is already sweating. Already late. We're already behind. I'm Gus. Also, I love it. You confuse the the switcher because they usually cut to me. When the, the flip happens, <laughs> they, cut, they cut to me and then they cut to you. Yeah, they're, they're like, like oh, no, shit, no, keeping you on your okay. toes. Start it again, guys. I'm Gus. I'm Jeremy. I'm Ryan. I'm Miles. And I'm Gus. And we're here to talk about video games and mm -hmm. video game news. Video game we, sausage fest. We've got a mother, uh, Mother's Day-related podcast in the <laughs> No Ladies. Like we have a mother. <laughs> well, there's yeah. the flowers. You are right? the mother hand of the group. Well, yes. um, I mean, normally we do. Just this week, due to extenuating circumstances, we do not. Uh, but but before we went live, Meg was here making sure that we all. She's ready to jump in. in she had a screw attack cape on, mm. which was cool. Did she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. It was a. It wasn't a cape. It was a blanket. <laughs> but if you wear a blanket over your back, it's essentially a cape. It's true. No, it is not. Well, I the point of a cape is waterproofing, though, right? Wait, I'm you sorry. Do capes what? have a point? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, the capes keep rain off. Of and you. also to break the wind, isn't it? Yeah. Well, only if it's coming from one direction, so that doesn't. No, but you can like wrap a cape you around don't know, you. You're beautiful. I mean, that's like a cowl. I was torn between making a fart joke and a one direction <laughs> joke. Yeah, we're, we're making distinctions between capes and cowls now. Oh my god! I mean, uh, technically, you are correct once again. What was it last week? You were the best kind of correct. And uh, what was the other word? Obscure and obtuse. That's right. You are once again. Ryan is correct. All right. You can't say the words, but you know the words. Uh, man, it's all locked in here somehow. So, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the biggest video game relating thing related thing that happened today was Look the at announcement Captain on topic of here. the NX. The NX. Nintendo's next I mean, it's, console. Sure, next, it's next big gen. news for like, you know, Nintendo so, plebs. Lots of lots of plebs. questions. Man, we're starting out like that, huh? Holy Ryan? shit. That's where, that's where we're drawing the line. I honestly don't care that much, but it's just fun to throw down because then people get all upset. You're like, one of those people that just likes it. You're the kid that kicks the anthill to see somebody's them Somebody's gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. That's what starts the <laughs> Thank conversation. You. Thank you for, for taking up That's that mantle service. of responsibility. Lots of questions regarding this announcement. Yeah. But no, a no answers, No answers. Really. March 2017. Mm -hmm. Not a When's the last time you saw a console not launch holiday? Was it the Dreamcast, which launched in September? Which did great. I, the only reason I know the answer to this was is because of uh, I just did the, the no read for it, but I think the 3S was like a summer release. I don't really count handhelds though. Okay, I'm talking about like co home console. Shitting over every console. <laughs> we don't know that the that. NX isn't some kind of handheld. Oh, that's, yeah. that's true. Also, also, they said nothing about. And it. We're not going to find out at E3. Nope, because it's not going to be there. But they'll have one playable year. game though. I don't know what it is, but they'll have it. No, they'll have Zelda. Oh, yeah, they've announced well, so Zelda. They said, they said Zelda's going to be their main focus of the press conference. They said they're going to have one playable game at E3. Zelda. Is that Zelda? Yeah, Zelda. Okay. it's going to be on the Wii U and the NX. And they don't want to see what a Zelda demo is They like. didn't want to distract people from Zelda, which is why they brought nothing else, is what they said. Oh, sure, because Zelda really needs some more attention from its fucking fanboys. It's like, yeah, it's like when you make a meatloaf and mashed potatoes, and you burn the meatloaf, and you just serve mashed potatoes, and you're like, I really didn't want to distract from the creaminess of these potatoes. <laughs> uh -huh. It's like everything else is on fire in the trash can. You're like, but the what potatoes a weird are really reference. good. Like, <laughs> Gus is like, I know something. Dude, perfect. I've got I an think energy that is prime for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just learned like, a lot about his dinner last like, night. Yeah, I'll use this. Thing. Then, <laughs> this is coming back. This something will come. This of was this. a teachable moment. So, um, I feel like the internet right now, the biggest thing they're freaking out about revolving around the NX is specifically 
Zelda being split between the Nintendo Wii U and mm-hmm. the NX, very much like Twilight Princess was between the GameCube and the Nintendo Wii. Um, but those were also separate release dates, weren't no. they? Or am I remembering they, wrong? I, I was well, told this morning they were the same by a friend of mine who was a huge Zelda fanboy. They boy, are so. now. I think originally they were going to be separate release dates, but Zelda got delayed, and the speculation is they delayed it so it would be simultaneous and be a launch title for the NX. Well, no. See, no, I'm talking about Twilight Princess. Yes, oh, okay. Twilight Princess is on the same day, and I think gotcha. it was. Um, it looks like you are correct. So, I'm double-checking. Is anybody here, would anybody here consider themselves like a, a huge diehard Zelda fan? Absolutely not. No? Nobody? So I mean, do you, do you really want me to answer that? Or? I can assume it's a no. Essentially Actually, the same. I do love Zelda. The Wii, I haven't played them all, though. In North America, the Wii version was released November 19th, 2006. The GameCube version was December 11th, 2006. So almost a month gap okay. between the two. Okay. But that's really negligible. Yeah. I'd argue it's pretty much the same thing. I don't know. People are really up in arms about it. I... I'm kind of torn on the whole thing because it's like I think it's actually Miyamoto that has a quote. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like um, I think his quote was um, a delayed game is good eventually, but a bad game is bad forever. Uh, it was well. I think recent developments in gameplay would prove that false. I mean, well, ga- a bad game is it's launched bad and then made into a good game. That's true. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I don't know. I don't know what the state of Batman: Arkham City is on the PC, but that had a horrible PC. Well, look, I mean, it was Destiny better. was a bad game. Yeah, at launch. exactly. Destiny's a perfect example. Destiny was a palatable game at launch. I don't yeah. know if it would be a bad game. I don't know if I would call it a bad game. Mm-hmm. And I, right. I, I, I enjoyed playing it. Mm-hmm. By no means am I saying Destiny is a fucking great game. Um, but it was it wasn't straight up broken. Um, True. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was some. Um, I mean, the so, Luke, Luke so cave wasn't that. Bad. I, to, to an extent, <laughs> now I, 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 in general, I agree with that with mm-hmm. that sentiment. However, it feels as though this game was not delayed so that they could take more time to make it better. It feels as though it was delayed so that they could then make sure that it works on the NX and then use that to help drive sales for the NX. Launch title. And but if, it, I mean, that if that's, that's the case, the counter here, argument then is. Mm-hmm. Why launch it on the Wii U as well? Because, because you, it was originally promised on the Wii U. Well. Yeah, because it, but if you launch it on the Wii U, you're not moving NXs because your your audience. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. the people who are going to buy NXs are people who are already in that ecosystem. Yes, you're trying to you're trying to sell Wii U owners to move to the NX. If you release this title on both platforms, you're not moving those people off of the Wii U. You're trying to mm-hmm. depends on no, how that, amazing no, the disagree. NX is. You're trying to move yeah. people from Wii to the NX is really because they had a huge okay. install base for Wii, and then Wii U just kind of. There's also Here, the there's thing an of interesting like, thing though. Oh, go ahead. If you if you don't have like let's say you you don't have a Wii U or an NX, um, you could get you know the 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 Wii U version of the game because the console will be cheaper at that point in time. However, most people and I you know I can't speak for everyone would say, well, no, I'm going to get it on the newer generation console. Yeah. Like, why would I not go for that one? I feel like the reason it's coming out on the Wii U is because it has been promised. It was fucking isn't it called Zelda U or something? Or at least that was a working title for a while. That was, that was just working. Title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still though, like it was promised. Oh, it's definitely coming out on this console. This year, next year, next year on both consoles. I think what might be most interesting about the situation, though, is so, okay, the NX, they've said almost nothing about it, but what they have said is it's kind of a new, again, they're trying to, it's a new concept. Sure. Like they're doing something. They've, they've indicated it was going to be kind of a new direction, sort of, I guess, akin to like when Wii U was like, oh, motion controls are a thing now. But how much of a new conception, concept can it be? I don't know. If it can still play Zelda. So unless they completely remaster how the control scheme works, it's going to be a pretty apples-to-apples control Well, setup. I mean, unless it just does something extra. Like, it does, you know, it has mm-hmm. the capabilities of an old console, but right. whatever is new. So be that may mean that it's got backwards compatibility, essentially. Like, it's, uh, it may I mean, be you, you still that. have, uh, yeah, still be able to use your old controllers. Maybe. 
I mean, it doesn't tell you much, but it gives you another avenue for speculation. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, though, because it's hard. It's it's both easy and hard to be mad at Nintendo for this thing because it's easy in that it's like, oh, you guys promised us this game. Oh, you're just doing this to make money. But the same, it's like, yeah, of course they're doing this to make money. That's I think the other the thing business, they announced yeah. it was that they they have a 60% drop in profits or something. I might be misquoting that, but it's like this wasn't a great year for Nintendo. And at their core, it's a business and a business is designed to make money. If you had a way to practically guarantee that, oh, people are going to buy your new console because it has a new fucking Zelda game, which is like the hottest title in Nintendo. But you don't days. need to buy it's the new console though. but but here's the like but at people least, will but they people will. will that's the thing yeah. they'll say do i want this at this point an inferior version of the game okay i'm gonna look up twilight princess cell sales i'm super actually i know because i just oh. again this thankfully i just did no story so uh the last two uh zelda titles have done about seven million copies apiece um so it's not really even remotely in the league of like mario mario is more than like 11 Million. Mm. 11 to 20 something million I think for like Galaxy. Interesting. I feel like it's probably because Zelda has more of like the diehard fans like you know Michael's got tattoos all over his body like people that yeah. love Zelda love Zelda but Mario is your Mickey Mouse like everybody like even if parents don't know like much about video games they know that people like fucking Mario. Yeah. He's a plumber he goes woohoo you right. get the star so, you get the coin you fight Bowser you get the it's true. So cool. Twilight Peach. Princess sales <laughs> actually back up your theory. Oh, really? Twilight Princess on the GameCube sold 1.32 million units. Mm -hmm. On the Wii, it sold 7.26. And it will, it, okay. That's just how it will work. I mean, I'm console, that way. Yeah. I don't know uh, if you, you know, guys are all uh, that way. Like, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. Like, I feel like um, as I got older, I started to kind of realize you can bitch and complain and moan all you want about something. Um, but there's still going to be 7 million, however many people that are going to go out and buy this game on yep. the NX and get this new version of it. And people will continue to do stuff like that if it continues to work. Like it w something I've learned as I got older is if you really don't want to support something, then don't buy into it. Like literally don't give them your money, you know? Like that's that's just how you do it. That's I think just that's how you vote. You there, vote with your money. It's true, but at the same time if you are a big fan of a, like a series like Zelda mm -hmm. and you don't buy that title, mm -hmm. There might be some, well, granted, I don't think people think about this. They just say, oh, there's a new Zelda game out. I'm going to buy it and play yep. it for myself. But uh, if you kill the, at, you know, the newest title in that series, you may kill the series. That's a fair argument. That I don't kills know your, maybe your hope for ever having a good one. I don't mm. know if Zelda could ever follow that. Zelda hard. can't. I mean, there are titles that could, though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Zelda's a bad example in yeah. this, in this yeah. particular Fucking case. Fucking Skyward Sword, people still think that's a good game. That was a mobile <laughs> game, though, right? No, 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 no. no? You're thinking, uh, Link Between Worlds, which came on 3DS, is my favorite Zelda game ever. That's the like, best Zelda game it's ever. It's so fucking good. I, I, in general, I tend to find the 2D Zelda games more enjoyable because the puzzles, everything you need for the puzzle is right there in front of you. Whereas in the 3D games, it could just be, oh, you didn't look up there and see that thing. And I don't know. That's just a yeah. personal preference of mine. No, I um, can understand that. Eagle Raptor touched but, on it really well in his sequelitis episode about Ocarina. Um, but uh, I don't even remember where the fuck I was going with this. Oh, yeah. No, so <laughs> Skyward Sword. No, that was the Wii title that was like, oh, one for one sword fighting by the Motion oh. Plus. And then there was a the whole thing where what Miyamoto was the played it one? at E3 and it didn't work. So nice. that was. So um, the four player one is. Uh, there's a three-player one, Triforce Heroes, that just recently that came out on 3DS. Before that, the latest mobile one was Link Between Worlds. There was a four-player uh, one, though. What's uh, there? Four Swords. Four Swords. Yeah, that there was you go. Four yeah. Swords was Game Boy Advance. I, I knew think. there was a sword in there was somewhere. It? I think so. I think it was Game Boy what? Advance. I know it's a handheld title. 
I can't kind of be that old. Yeah, it's dude, shocking it's, to that's guess. an old game. It was a free giveaway when I got my You're 3DS. You're probably confused because I'm sure it's I transitioned into subsequent right consoles. Here. <laughs> like, you probably could have played it on the next three handheld oh, consoles. Please. Um, oh, please. Wait, four yeah, it, oh, look at those four sorts of adventures. It's funny, man. The, like, uh, Twilight Princess did so well on the Wii because back then the Wii was like, that was hot shit, man. Like, I remember oh my God, it is a GBA. fought over that thing. <laughs> Um, I would actually, and now it's like I, I when they came out with Twilight Princess, the remastered wow. version for the Wii U. I was there like, oh sweet, I can finally play that game it. without motion controls. Actually, with the Wii is Wii, yeah, it was actually the original Wii was the only console I ever camped out for just to buy and sell wow. one. I, I bought it and just, <laughs> just to did. resell it. There is no joy nice. in Ryan Haywood's life. There is only no. profit. I was like, someone's going to buy this. <laughs> and I ended up selling it to a, a friend of mine for I like mine to my little the brother. price that I bought it I didn't. Uh. I remember I didn't pre-order a week because I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. I thought you'd be able to buy it, you know, no mm -hmm. problem. And, you know, when like release date came around, like a friend, a friend of mine worked at GameStop. And I was just like, hey, can you get me one? They're like, yeah, sure. And then apparently you could not get one forever after that. Like, it was you know? like a totally whim decision on my part when we did. It was me and a couple friends and we... Just said, well, what the fuck? Let's go see if we can actually Let's make get one some of these. money. Well, yeah, well, no, I, they wanted one. I was like, well, fuck, I'll just, I got enough money to buy one. I bet I can resell it and actually maybe mark up a little. Ass. I, I didn't like, end up doing it. I even sold it to a friend. I will profit off All of right. your fun. Uh, All right. But so, I mean, this was the night of, too, because I didn't realistically think it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But we drove around and, and found a couple places where lines out the door, lines out the door. We ended up selling it, settling at a Best Buy. Where it was a pretty long line, and uh, right when that opened, they were like, "Yeah, it's not happening." <laughs> but right next door was a Toys R Us with nobody in front. Yep, of Yup, Toys. That's where I went for some Amiibos. Back when I was so like, we just all about snuck those. over there. And Toys R Us didn't open for another two hours, but we just hung out and. Doors open. We were like the first ten <laughs> the in the creepy door. Creepy adults hanging outside the Toys R Us. Well, this was a long like, time. Putting ago, his hand dude. on the giraffe, yeah. like, yeah. you want to buy a Wii? <laughs> I got, I got, I got a Wii. You got I three people with trench coats. Two of them open up with Wii's. The third one oh, we is Wii. another Wii. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, let me, let me read this. Okay. Uh, I want to remind everyone this episode of the patch is brought to you by Blue Apron. You need to know how to cook. Not only do you feel how you know your way around the kitchen, but cooking at home means eating healthier and saving money instead of ordering expensive takeout again. But where do you start? Blue Apron has you covered. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers all the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Just follow the easy step-by-step -step instructions. Each meal can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. No overwhelming trips to the grocery store. No more sad takeout. No matter your dietary preferences, Blue Apron makes it easy to breeze... <laughs> I added a word there. <laughs> no matter your dietary preferences, Blue Apron makes it a breeze to discover and prepare dishes like codfish and chips with aioli right in your own kitchen. Cook with ingredients that you've never used before like watermelon radishes, farro, and purple potatoes, and recipes are between 500 and 700 calories per portion. Delicious and good for you. Right now you can get your first two meals for free at blueapron.com slash the patch. That's blueapron.com slash the patch. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thank you to Blue Apron for sponsoring the patch. And uh, for helping me to cook better food at home, I got to try that out. It's I've really, been it's really good. Absolute asshole when it comes to eating food recently. <laughs> <laughs> I found. What that, does that mean? I've been an asshole when it comes to eating. That food. means I'm driving home. I stress eat a lot, uh -huh. and there's uh, on my way home, on my exit to get to my apartment, is a McDonald's, a Whataburger, a uh, Taco Bell, a Jack in the Box. Game over. Uh, and a subway. So a real waistline fuck you, basically. Yup. Yep. I used to live next to a Chipotle, <laughs> and I was all right. So you're saying you went from a nice part of town to a bad part of town. I went to Fluterville. Uh, there are some good places that have McDonald's in them. 
There's some nice McDonald's out there. That's true. Well, there was. <laughs> what, did you destroy them all? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was really rampage. dark. No, they're going out of business, man. Well, McDonald's? They're McDonald's are going they're out of business? They're not really going out of business. They're just seeing less business. Just like no, Zelda, they put out like one bad hamburger. Right, yeah, yeah. It's going to go down. It's Wait till you get McDonald's uh, on the new console. They See, burnt the for fucking a company loaf. like fucking McDonald's, if they make one billion instead of seven, that's like a big problem. They're still that's making money, but it's like, what happened? Fair enough. Mr. McDonald isn't lining his pockets like he used to. Oh. His white and red striped pockets. Like, you mean Ronald? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope, Mr. McDonald. You don't want him coming around asking what where else? his money you want to talk is. about NX or is there other stuff going on? Well, what well, else is there We don't know anything else about that. That's the thing. I mean, I bookmarked three different Nintendo stories here, and they're all the same thing. Nintendo NX launching March 2017. Zelda in 2017 for NX and Wii U. Zelda will be the only playable Nintendo game at E3. I'm actually kind of shocked that they have anything playable at E3. Because everybody's pulling out of E3 and then just going to do their own direct shows. Well, it seems like... Yeah, I mean, it seems like the developers are doing that. But you still have, like, platforms are still there, right? Like, Microsoft and yeah. Sony will still be there uh, highlighting their, their different platforms. I got it. It's so good. <laughs> Very slippery. I will say I do like the Nintendo Direct style of announcements. Like, a why? lot of stuff it... Why? Because it doesn't... It, I don't have to listen to a bunch of awkward devs and presenters on stage, like, making terrible jokes and holding for applause and, like... I don't know, like, the, the, the pre-edited... That's based off of. The, yeah, the, the, much, the, yeah. the, I... I, I Sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it can be done well, and sometimes it's, look, Skittles, let's fucking play with the Kinect. Like, it can, and then there's, like, musical numbers where it's like, well, just why? Fine. Just All I need is the Skittles info. Is good. Skittles are good. Yeah. I don't know, You don't man. want to be entertained. No, no I'd love to be entertained. It's just not that entertaining. I just, like, it feels it like, me. it feels like um, the, a lot of the presenters at E3 feel like, um, like hosts on Good Morning America style shows, we're just like, ha, 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 everything's so you're fine. Mad that they can feel go wrong. good about themselves. No, I feel it just like it, I just feel like it's fake. I don't know. Yeah. It's I'm just being a curmudgeon. Thanks, about it. Robert. All right, coming up next on stage, yeah, Mr. Wow. McDonald. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. You can tell I'm hip because I'm wearing jeans and a blazer. There you go. I love the issued clothing they have for any of the presenters, especially the older people. Are like, uh, you want me to? All right, I guess I'll, I'll put that on. Sure. And you see their, how uncomfortable they are in like their fashionable clothes. No one knows. What, here's a fun game. Watch what yeah. people that don't normally present try to do with their hands on yeah, stage. That, didn't <laughs> didn't uh, Bungie did that during the uh, the Destiny reveal at the was at the PlayStation Four reveal? Oh yeah, remember before PS Four came out? So like they ago. came out and they were just like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's Where like does hands images go? of like four dudes standing there with their hands just like kind of awkwardly <laughs> held up. I don't know. E three presentations are fine. I like the Nintendo Directs though. I think they're fun. Well, uh, that's. I mean, most of the, everybody's going to that direct model. It just works better for for control of the show. But yeah, it does seem like it's hard to get news all in one place then. Mm -hmm. But they don't care because it's their news is the only part that's important to them. So. Yeah, true. yeah, they're trying to make themselves stand out and not get lost in that shuffle of all the other news. I'm pretty soon, E3 is just going to be a Rooster Teeth booth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're getting there. Dude, we had a dude. we had a giant booth at E3 this last weekend. We yeah. never had a booth at E3, have we? No, I'll we build one. Send years me. ago, I don't know why we would. we wanted to have a booth. So when we first started Rooster Teeth back in like uh, 03, we talked about getting a booth at E3, mm -hmm. and we wanted to do is we wa we wanted to get the smallest booth possible. We we're like. Mm -hmm. We wanted to find out if we could get a little 10 by 10 and then just put a couch in it and then have velvet rope all around it and hire a security <laughs> guard to stand there with like a clipboard <laughs> and then have people come up and be like, you're not on the list. And then it would just be a place for us to sit down and drink on the show floor. Like we would have, it would only be our names on the list and we could go there and drink whenever we wanted and then just kick everyone else out. It's, it's that's awesome. 
And you haven't done this. Should one? do that now. Let's no, talk we, to we, Bethany. Yeah, we still, we still haven't done it. <laughs> but it was interesting uh, going to to PAX this year because you know we had a much bigger booth now. And oh, dude, that's right. I saw pictures. It yeah, was and awesome. at PAX Huge. East, you come down the escalator like you normally yeah. come down the show floor, and it's like all the big names, and it was like Xbox, PlayStation. Rooster Teeth. <laughs> it really was the same size. It's so yeah. wild, man. Yeah, I, I can't see wait it. for that sort of present, that show for presentation to just go entirely VR. Like it's, I just pop cool. on a headset and I just navigate the floor, yeah. go into booths, all that stuff. We should do that at our booth. We should set up like a like a 360 live stream camera where you can just like look around. Oh, I feel yeah, like, like cool. live streaming 360 still kind of a new thing. Well, mm-hmm. as part of uh, setting up for the Achievement Hunter versus Funhouse live stream that is going on right now. And you should go to it right after this. If you're not already there. Or just in another window. Uh, no one's watching right now. <laughs> but uh, the, they are, the, the back-end options for 360 streaming are already there oh, on really? YouTube. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So all you need is the capability to actually throw it. Oh, look. There it is. Yeah, look at them. <laughs> we have That's, a live stream in our live stream. We're live streaming the live stream. Don't they look like they're having a blast? Yeah, they're playing Rocket League. Michael's yeah, that talking. camera's not a great one. We have, um... And that's just why it's been on. We have, like, six out. different views that you can click on. Like, oh, you really? can go to the that cam. There's, like, a VR cam. Oh, how about Michael that? Michael cam. Yeah, see them all on the side there? You can just, like, oh, click Jay. over there. See, there's Jack. There's Wait, the Jack who's cam. Pl- Lil Jay's there. Then who are you? Uh, oh, no, little, it's his desk. Lil Jay is going to be, uh... That's going to be Chad from Screw Attack. Uh, there, there he is. is. Barely on camera. It's just <laughs> eking in there. There oh, he is. Look at that guy. He looks like he was distracted. And then, yeah. What's on top of your car? A worm. How did you? Yeah, I unlocked Isn't a worm from worms. Uh, one of the, like, custom, not custom, the uh, exclusive cars? Like, uh, that was the Gears of War. No, 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 right? that's a different one. Okay. That one just looks like a fucking lawnmower. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, have you, has anybody played the Gears of War 4 beta yet? Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, how is I, it? I had a chance to play a little bit of it at PAX East. I mean, it feels pretty Gears of Warsy. I what, mean, it's multiplayer beta, what, so it's... Right, right. What was funny is, uh, I can't remember the last time I played Gears multiplayer. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I played any multiplayer in Judgment. So the last time I probably played Gears multiplayer was 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was at PAX East, I had a chance to, to play the beta. And it's like, I spent like 10 seconds of, wait, how do you run? And then it was like, oh, right, mm-hmm. hold well, on. And then it's like, it's just all like muscle memory at that so point. Yeah, and it just, feels very, yeah, very familiar. I, I guess they've added a couple new things, but it's really, if you're familiar with previous incarnations of it, you will be fit right in with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for good or ill, I mean, I'm yeah. sure they'll add other game types eventually, but at the moment, it, for the beta test, which usually is a pretty pared down experience. Right. Uh, and and they, why would they reveal anything new or right. secret in, in well, the beta? I mean, you say that, but I mean, that's one way. One, if it's a new game mode, that's kind of the best thing to beta test so it doesn't break at launch. Mm-hmm, and two, sorry. that gets people excited to actually buy the game. I feel like at this point, like if for a title like this, you know, they're trying, in my opinion, would be they're trying to appeal to their existing core fan base. Yep. It's mm-hmm. like, you remember Gears, right? You know, here it is, and it's a it's taste. It's Marcus Phoenix's son. It's like what I said, you know, it's like you pick it up and you're like, all of a sudden you remember like, oh, I had a lot of fun with this. Right. Even I remember the marketing, it's like, oh, hey, look, here's some really like war-torn looking visuals paired with a very somber, melancholy song. It's like, yeah, you, Mad World, we remember. We remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was, God, that was an amazing fair, yeah. commercial. That was one of the best commercials ever. That, that made me like demand like, please, somebody, I need an Xbox 360. <laughs> I saw that late at night on Adult Swim. I was like, what is this game? At the time... Um, 
I was not a huge fan of that com- of that commercial, mm-hmm. but I thought I thought it was fine. But I thought that uh, uh, you know at the time EA was launching Battlefield Bad Company, and yeah. they had a bunch of Bad Company parodies of other video game tropes. Yeah, and they had uh, their parody called Bad World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was a parody of the Mad World commercial, which I really liked. It was funny. Uh, but I feel like that's that was the interesting thing about that series. Like Bad Company launched, and you know it, had, it was one thing. And then when Bad Company Two came out, it was totally yeah, different. Was I never actually played either of them, but I, I had a lot of. Bad Company Two was a lot of fun. I, that's yeah, probably I mean, the Battlefield game I played the most. I mean, you, me too. did you play multiplayer and single player? Or yes, just multiplayer. I did because I remember the multiplayer from one pretty st- distinctly. I don't remember Bad Company Two. Bad did Company it have a story? Two. I think. I, I, yeah, I, I, I only, it had a great I, story. I mean, it was those, well, the, the it, same it, misfit guys again, right? Like from Bad Company One. Yes. It was. But, I mean, like, it was still, comparatively to Battlefield games, it was a really good story. Like, Battlefield games isn't, the story just never sticks with me. Sure. You know, like. Well, the more recent one was actually pretty decent. Four? Uh, no, no, no. Hardline. Uh, Hardline. Oh. It actually had kind of a story to it, like a, a heisty kind of story. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, with games like Call of Duty and Battlefield, I'm not going to that for, oh, like, yeah. the story. <laughs> well, Call of Duty is big on story. Or at least the older ones, well, the Modern Warfare ones. Mm, yeah. Were really, like. I mean, Soap and Price and all them were awesome. Like, they had a lot of great characters that they worked with over a long time. So, speaking of I Call thought. of Duty, there was some Call of Duty news this week. Yeah, there was. Oh, that's right. Was it in- Infinite Wars? Infinite Warfare. Yeah, Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare. Infinity Star, Warfare. Captain America. So that's Danos. what the title looks like. That was the leaked, <laughs> uh, that was the leaked uh, screenshot from the store. Was that what gave it away? <laughs> Thanks, Michael McWhedon. <laughs> for, uh, for noticing that in screenshot, yeah, we're but, getting Infinite Warfare from Infinity Ward. Is, so I, I've heard conflicting thoughts on this. I've heard speculation that that Infinite Warfare is the next Call of Duty game. I've also heard speculation that it's a remastering of all the previous Modern Warfare games. Yeah, that would make more I sense saw the that. Title. Someone apparently there was a leaked image of like you know the announcement of Infinite Warfare and stuff like that, and it says you know we'll come with Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. Remastered, which if that's a real thing, that, I will play the hell out I mean, of that. Have, that's my favorite game. That. I think it's been confirmed that that's the next title, and it's oh, sci-fi. I, I mean, people have certainly learned that HD remakes make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, they do. nobody has to make it a new game anymore. Game. You remake a shit game. <laughs> Final Fantasy, <laughs> right. uh, Gears, uh, uh, oh god, The Last of Us. Um, oh, Last of Us, yeah. Jack and Daxter. I mean, like the list goes on and on. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we'll we'll do that. We'll yeah. totally like because it's you know you have those games. Like I bought the shit out of Combat Evolved Anniversary. Oh my god. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, that I was, was so quick to pick that up, man. Um, yeah, I wonder how long before we start seeing. Well, I mean, I guess this would be the first real example of Call of Duty doing that. I mean, uh, but I was thinking things like Super Mario Brothers. Why has there never been a remaster of the original? Well, I mean. Nintendo, they don't seem to, for a company that that definitely has its traditions, like with the way that the recent Zelda games have all played out, and and um, a lot of the more like open world Mario games, like Galaxy, Galaxy Two, sixty four, um, for a company that that has a lot of traditional things that it falls back on, they also seem to love trying new stuff. The Wii, the Wii U, whatever the hell the NX is going to be, at least from a hardware point of view, maybe not necessarily a software point of view, but I mean, look at the you know. The two screens on the DS when that came out, people were like, "What? What? What?" And it's cool. I, I really dig it. And yeah. even if it's like it's not super pertinent to a lot of games, I do find myself really enjoying the second screen of the Wii U, um, even if it's just for inventory management. It's it's kind of cool. They try new stuff, and it's not always the best. And sometimes it comes across as super fucking gimmicky, but sometimes it works really well. Yeah, I mean, and some, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they, it works really well. They it's take like, risks, but they do it well usually. Usually, yeah. yeah. 
there's still some things that I don't understand that they just don't get. Like when Splatoon launched, and maybe still, I haven't played it in a long time, like there was no chat. Like this was a game, Nintendo, which is very well known for couch co-op type games. Splatoon was a game that didn't really have the full multiplayer experience via split screen. You could do two players, but that really wasn't a good um, like taste of what the actual gameplay is while playing yeah. online. So they make this game that's primarily focused on online gameplay, and then there's no chat function. That makes sense to me, though, for a Nintendo. I mean, yeah. for, for Nintendo, going for the family-friendly right. thing, sure. But at the same time, it's like, if you're going to have a game like that, that focuses on teamwork and gameplay or te- team gameplay like that, you, you, you need some way to communicate with one another. I did not want to hear a squid kid tell me where they were going to stick their tentacles. It's true. <laughs> Do they even have hardware to support that? I mean, is there a microphone? There's a microphone on the tablet. Oh, okay. They have it in Mario Kart 8. Oh. I don't know why it's not in Splatoon. Hmm. It's just it's weird. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Well, I had they, a, in fucking Splatoon, they give you the ability to draw and post yeah, stuff. It's like they, they give you the ability to do a lot of stuff without censorship. For whatever reason, they, they just didn't include that. They may have added that since. I, I, saw, I don't know. But. Uh, when I was at PAX East, uh, this, uh, this person came by the booth, and he was in a Splatoon cosplay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, that's pretty good. Are you a squid or are you a kid? Oh, yeah, I was with you. And he goes, yes. I was like, you win. That is the the correct answer. Gus literally goes like this. He literally goes, correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great, man. That's so funny. That was a a really good game. I played the hell out of Splatoon for like a solid month probably. But yeah, then I put it down. I just haven't gone back to it. Like going back to the whole a bad game is bad forever. Like, yes, I I hear that they have... They have patched and fixed a bunch of things for Splatoon since launch. I just I, I played it for a while. I was like, this sucks. I can't talk with anybody. It was we were in PlayStation 4 party chat talking with each other so we could play. And I'm like, I'm I'm tired of doing this. And you know, work got in the way. I stopped playing it, and I'm just like, eh. eh. So you're you're a big talker then in multiplayer games. Yes, absolutely. I'm not. So one of the either. one of the games that I have I I based on the amount of hours that I've played it and how enthusiastic I am to play this game. I think it's safe to say that Rainbow Six Siege is my favorite game on the PlayStation 4 right now. Really? I, okay. And that's a big talk, and you have to talk. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely yeah. adore games <clears throat> that require you to work together as a team because it, there's so many games out there. And I'm not saying all the time. Siege. Like, it's fun to go through and just, like, run and gun and Call of Duty or Titanfall or whatever. The hell's but, that guy? But, like, uh, when, when, when <laughs> Left 4 Dead came out, holy fucking... Wait, is that me? We're, we're is thinking. that my stream? Is that right? God damn it. Wow. Yeah, hey, there he they is. Were quick. <laughs> that's pretty um, amazing. I, uh, I... Jesus. Pro streamer set up there. Um, I chose. I just bought the fucking PlayStation camera, and I was like, oh, "This will just be my streaming setup." I normally don't like the webcam. Anyways, shut up, Miles. Uh, I love games that require you to work together. Um, I don't know. There's so many like most gaming experiences these days. You don't play with a headset because most people are annoying, and you don't want to hear them talk. But this reminds me. Siege reminds me of back when Xbox Live first came out. Like I was not a PC gamer. Growing up, I had consoles. When Xbox Live came out, that was my first introduction to anything remotely close to like PC gaming online. And at that time, I remember playing Halo 2. And you know, people forget that like zombies, which is a huge or infection, whatever it's called, huge mm-hmm. gameplay in Halo right now. That was just made by people who said, "Hey guys, uh, that was a good round. I made a custom game called Zombies. Uh, you can join my party if you want to play." People would go, "Okay." They get together and they say, "All right, so one person's going to be a zombie. Choose green team. Everybody else, uh, choose red team. All right, if you get killed by zombies, zombies only use your sword. When you die, please it, switch over to green team." It's okay? all honor system, and it yeah. was one hundred percent honor system. And there is no way in hell that Joe Schmo would be able to organize something no like way. that in like, yeah, any multiplayer game today. The community's changed. It's, it's changed over the years. 
um, at least on console, mm-hmm. in my opinion, unless you're like someone like us who can say, hey, Twitter followers, I want to try this thing or um, you, know, you so have cool. a group of friends like it's very rare that you're going to be able to find enough people that will cooperate, hang out long enough for you to fucking explain the rules, blah, 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 blah. blah. I love the cooperative aspect of Rainbow Six Siege. Um, it's why I love Left 4 Dead. Um, it's why I was like, I was super into Counter-Strike. I played on tactical servers all the time mm. when I was younger. Yeah. I don't know. That's- it, it's, it's rare that I'll bust out the, the headset and mm. like really communicate. I think, you know, I did that a lot in Last of Us when I was playing, you know, with friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's another big one. You need to talk. And then before that, like, when I would raid in World of Warcraft, I would fight to not have to talk. (laughs) It's like, you you have to, even if you don't talk, you need to at least listen. So it's like, okay, it's like, I'll I'll put the headset on and I'll listen. And Mm -hmm. it's like, every now and then, you know, because the kind of character I played, it's like, and this one fight, I will talk. Because I need to. Mm-hmm. I will grace you with my words yeah. this Maybe, one time. Speaking of raids, that's probably one of the reasons I love the raids in Destiny. I mean, aside from the fact that that was actually good gameplay and not just the same thing over and over right. again. It's like, yeah. you got to talk if you're going up against orcs. Absolutely. Jesus, Unless man. you got Panton, in the, which case you just let him do the, it. The downside for talking for me is that my wife's always around and sure. she starts to laugh at me mm. uh, during uh, one of the Naxxramas raid bosses uh, when I had to talk mm-hmm. in World of Warcraft. I would have to call out when uh, one of the boss's bone shield was down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact reaction my wife had any time I said his bone shield is down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish she would just start laughing. I'd be like, you're, you're not making this any easier. No, <laughs> I, I, just, I just need to let the other guys know. I, I get that, too. Like, I'm not always, like, sometimes if I'm not playing with my group of friends, like, I just get on Rainbow Six. I, I just don't feel like talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. You can immediately identify in that game if somebody is worthwhile having on your team or not. Like yeah, If, yeah. I, if oh, I'm not God, playing yeah. with my headset, I will always, as a defender, choose um, Rook. His ability is he drops a container armor of pack. armor that makes mm-hmm. everybody strong. I will choose him because immediately if the other team has headsets, they'll be like, oh, we got a rando in here. I immediately spawn. I do my job. I place all my armor for everybody. And they go... All right, he knows what he's doing. He's good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. You can trust me. <laughs> I'm here for you. You know what? The one thing that my back. class can do. Yeah. Now, yeah. Excuse me while I blow a hole through this wall and put my gun out of it. Let me watch you put that armor on. Yes. Yeah. 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 Bustle your head. So, yeah. so I've never, I've never been on the patch before. So, forgive me if we've gone over something like this before. It's a really vague thing. Like Ashley was like, "Hey, have some topics to talk about or whatever." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Some I really enjoy like cooperative gameplay in, in multiplayer games. That's something that I think is really cool that that video games bring to the table what is it about video games that you enjoy as either like a form of entertainment or an art form like what is something that you think is really special that video games have that you are just all about let me read this and then we'll all answer that question yeah so you guys you guys think uh everyone this episode of the patch is also brought to you by (laughs) me undies whether you're wearing a suit or sweats you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear but instead of making a statement like superman's tights under his everyday clothes your underwear is probably boring MeUndies is here to change that. You're going to check? Yours are boring. Yeah, oh, no. Yep, boring. Yeah, mine are just boring. Every pair yeah, of MeUndies is made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of MeUndies, but once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Uh, shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with MeUndies subscription plan. Get a subscription or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash the patch. That's MeUndies.com slash the patch for 20% off your first order. MeUndies.com slash the patch. Thank you to MeUndies for making comfortable underwear that I wear every day. They are very, very comfortable. 
I love them. Um, all right, so did you guys c- come up with your answer? Yes. Sure. So, for me, video gaming, and, and I know it sounds nerdy, but who cares about that at this point? Um, <laughs> you're we're on, on a, game. a podcast <laughs> use about it. video games. I like so just games. lower your bone shield and tell <laughs> us all about it. I like games where you can have kind of a sense of role-playing mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Like, one of my favorite games ever was Papers, Please. Really? Oh. I fucking love that game. What, what is it you like about Papers, Please? Like, because I can sit there and you get into the mindset while you're doing it of like, Fuck you! Why the hell are you coming here with wrong shit? Like you knew, <laughs> you knew you were gonna get thrown. That's, yeah. the that's amazing. Like you want, yeah, like, and like I just I play games like that, and then like sometimes I'll get into um, other games where I'm, you know, I'm playing Halo. When I was playing Halo Reach, there were certain maps I'd really get into just assassinating people and like mm-hmm. hiding out. And I was like, yeah, they're fucking terrified of me. Like I'm scared. So you're yeah. super. You are. You get immersed. I in really the, get into the it. player I'm character. Like, I am this person right now in this game. Do you have a Lots preference over over mute protagonists and protagonists that talk? Mute. Yeah. Yeah. I like me because then I can be that person. You are Gordon Freeman. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I loved games like that where I was just like. He's not saying anything, but here's what I would say. <laughs> I remember I was really nervous when they gave Isaac Clarke a voice in Dead Space 2 because I love Dead Space. And I'm like, why are they going to give this guy a voice? Like, no, he's the mute like surrogate mm-hmm. for your consciousness. Then what was great about Isaac when he finally did speak was that he spoke everything I was thinking all the time. Yeah. Which was, Isaac, we need you to go down into the basement of blood and find this corpse and his response is, fuck no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, if you don't, we'll all die. Ah, all right. <laughs> uh, they did a great job of capturing, like, yeah, no, that's For that's me, that was Fallout 4. They added in voice to Fallout 4, and mm. I wasn't super happy about that because I did that with Fallout 3. I played it, and, like, yeah, he would say a certain thing. Like, you could click on a certain thing, but a then you would variety. say it in your, in your own way. Your you know, own like, voice, your inner voice would actually be the one exactly. delivering the dialogue. Exactly, and so yeah. when they added that in Fallout 4, I just was not a big fan of it. Like, yeah, a friend of mine uh, fell out of Fallout 4. Um, I can't remember who it was right now, I'm sorry. Um, but the Good version friend. for them was broken when um, there's a point where they were supporting the railroad storyline, and then there was another thing going on with the – is it called the Syndicate? Uh, or no. The, the Institute. Uh, the Institute. Thank you. The Institute storyline. Essentially, there was something where this – oh, it was Cole. It was Cole. Um, Cole had been very nice to androids and robots throughout that game. Then there was essentially a mission where it was – in order to progress this particular storyline, you have to kill an, a, a robot or an android or something. And he was like, no, I, my character would never do that. But then he could not finish this particular storyline unless he did that. Yeah. And there was kind of like this, he can't get the ending he wants and do this other thing. And it was like this, these two conflicting storylines where neither of them really represented how he felt his character would behave and gave him the option to act yeah, out yeah. the way that felt appropriate. I, I, I had a moment like that where it wasn't, it wasn't robots for me, but uh, my showdown came between, I think it was uh, the Minutemen and the Institute. Mm. And it was like, the Institute's like, you know, go, we're, we're, trying, to get, we're trying to kidnap this guy. From uh, oh, from a house, yeah, and, and the Minutemen have it surrounded, and I'm like, "Hey, Minutemen, just get out of here. Let him let him get mm-hmm. away with it." They're like, "No, we're not getting away. We're gonna fight." And the syndicate, or yeah, the syndicate. You're like, Institute. or the institute. Yeah, yeah, you fucked me up. The institute. Sorry. You're like, uh, "Hey, why don't you just leave this guy and take off?" They're like, "No, we're taking this guy." You're like, "All right, who am I gonna shoot in the head?" When you yeah, gotta true. die. If yeah. you don't pass that speech thing right there with the Minutemen, you're fucked. Yeah, I was <laughs> got mm-hmm. nothing. I had to go out and be like. You're not leaving? No. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Like, can, you, can you maybe at least look that move. way? All right. I was happy Just with don't make no ending in that game. None of them I was happy with. No, the Railroad Institute really or Brotherhood. I thought I the, um, the Railroad ending I was happy with. I like yeah. the Railroad ending. Yeah. 
I I went Institute, but like the I, I normally like the Brotherhood. Like the Brotherhood and Fallout Three were very likeable. they were very much the protagonists, mm-hmm. right? Like they were they were the good guys. You no, know, they were the but that fuck. wasn't always the case though. Like in yeah. the original Fallout games, yeah. they were a little more ambiguous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were right. fucking dickheads in Fallout Four. <laughs> fucking hated yeah. those like, guys. Elder Maxis, I was like, go go fucking die. They, they, I, I hate. I think they did a good job. Uh, with his face, he just wanted to punch it anytime. <laughs> yeah, like, like a shitty haircut, yeah. where it was, like, really short, like, and there's like fuck you. That's all right. It gave you a great opportunity for escapism because you just shoot him in the face if you felt like it. Then you just load the game. Well, well yeah, I, would, I, I did that all the time. Real. Like I, I killed you a minute ago. I would do that in like old <laughs> Grand Theft Auto games and stuff. It's like, all right, well, I'm done for the day. Well, I'm gonna save, go on a killing spree, and then quit without. You saving. don't know, <laughs> but five minutes ago, I rubbed my balls on your dead face. <laughs> Jesus and Christ, then I deleted Haywood. that world in an alternate universe. Another d- <laughs> you you load a save and their character's like, I feel why is there a pupe in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Just vanishes like Marty McFly. Yeah, that was actually, one of the things that was kind of cool about uh, Undertale, right? Was that it would remember shit you did in previous playthroughs. Like, oh wait, I've, what? Yeah, no, I've if, never played it because I'm not a super turn-based guy, yeah. but I've heard nothing but great things about this game. It would remember things that, from previous saves. So if you went through it and then went through it again, it was like. You, I feel I have the weirdest feeling that you killed me before. That's some Kojima shit right there. Uh, that's even, some yeah, weird even, outside the box shit. Even if you deleted the save, yeah, like it, oh, it, that's fuck. that's nerve yeah. wracking. It, it's <laughs> wild. It, it, your <laughs> decisions followed you forever. That's very cool. That's uh, really cool. And I think yeah, my favorite thing about video games is just escapism. It's the same reason I read a lot of books and watch TV. <laughs> you, it's, you can't go on a killing spree I in the AH office. office. I don't, you know, and I, I don't want to. I but in a video, <laughs> Ryan game, kills in a game. He just sits there like. <sighs> <laughs> Thank God Sweet I got release. that out. <laughs> All right, time to go home. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. So that's if I typically rail against games that have very poor story, then that's why. It's because that's what I go to it for is to actually hear a story and go somewhere different and experience something that I can't experience in normal life. That's, again, again also why I'm excited about VR is because yeah. even more opportunity for immersiveness in this alternate reality. Not that I have any problem with this reality, right, right. but come on. There's no spaceships here that I can get Do- in. Have you? Has anybody tried out VR porn yet? Uh, My Carrie. friend has. Your friend? Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> Carrie did. Oh, uh, yeah? he, can't, he can't get a he can't get a high enough quality video. That he showed it to us. We put it on. What's really great is it's this video of the dudes lying down on the bed, and this this chick's just going to town on his dick. If you turn around, if you you know the problem with three sixty degree video where it's like if you look down at the ground, there's just kind of yeah, nothing. Yeah. If you look any farther past your shoulders, there's just oblivion and nothingness behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about it's like it's like when you're looking at porn and like you're jerking it and maybe you finish and then the video ends and you're just left with a blank black screen Mm. and all you see is your own pathetic reflection. (laughs) It's like if you finish, you're like, oh yeah, VR porn, VR porn. Oh, there's nothing. It's like it turns on your webcam and it's like this is what you looked like when you did (laughs) that. My friend was someone's daughter. My friend said the scale. To him was all wrong. He said like the humans are all that way dick was bigger way than too they big. He said the humans are all like bigger than they should be. You know what I mean? That's, that's interesting. That's what I like. If, yeah, because if you don't get the scale exactly right, and you're like, what the fuck is this? See, the bone was, shield goes down. Bone shield is gone. Shield, yeah, it just goes away. I was curious to try it, but I'm not going to do it with company property. Like I'm not going to. You're take, a good man. I'm not going to take that home and be like, all right, oh, time. Mine's to look at home. I'm someone's ready. Someone's gonna. Someone's gonna wear this tomorrow. Oh. But tonight, it's all me. Yeah. Nah, it just feels weird. Also, uh, when you got kids that are sneaky, it's like. I don't want to put this on. Oh and yeah, the then world you can blindfold yourself. Take it off, and then my son's like, 
Daddy, what did oh that mean? God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Teach it's me funny how to do that. that. World, it's funny that. that you describe it as the world going away because it really is what it feels like. Like mm-hmm. I went, Carrie got the vibe. He invited myself and Gray over to, ch- to check it out and play around to with it. To watch porn, got and, it. And we, we looked at that and we went, ha, um, <laughs> leave the room. Did he take um, the controller and start? No. no okay, good. Get a hand um, job on the edge tomorrow. Um, I was like, when I first heard VR, like I'd seen the Oculus like years ago and I'm thinking, cool, I'm sure this is going to be really impressive tech. Uh, it'll be there in another couple of decades. It'll be a neat little fad. I played in Google Tilt Brush, and I I lost my goddamn mind. Yep. And whenever you take that thing off, it really does feel like you are coming from another place, and now you're back. Your brain in the accepts real world. it instantly, like the vibe. It's very you put weird. it on, and you're like, there's no adjustment. You're just like straight in. Yeah, I, I caved. I, I went ahead and ordered one. Yeah, and I'm gonna build a PC to play it. Like, you need to have a PC for it. Yet? I don't. No, yeah. I'm going to. I'm talking with Alice right now. I'm going. I want this. Like I, as soon as I took it off, I was like, I need to show this to my parents. Like I gave my mom, um, like I, when I got my PS3, I had Flower, um, which is a, like my mom when I was really, really little would play like simple platformers with me, but mm-hmm. she never got past that. Um, Flower, you just control it by tilting the, the the controller. It's just pretty pedals and the wind. And right. she played through that entire game. And she told me she was like, this is so funny because I couldn't even like imagine something like this being a form of entertainment as a kid because nothing like this existed mm-hmm. you know it's like if we spent we spend all of our time talking about like how we're gonna we'll colonize other galaxies or something if we put if we spent all of our time and money trying to go to other planets and then one day just an interdimensional portal opened up and people were like oh you can just go to another dimension it's yeah like, whoa we didn't even know we didn't know that was a possibility right. shit whoa and vive is perfect for that like the role-playing thing I was talking about. Like, imagine mm-hmm. if there was a Vive Papers, please. Mm-hmm. Like, in the oh, booth, yeah, and you're sweet. doing shit yeah. around, like, Really? Oh, my God, you would not play that? That sounds like the best game ever. Right? It yeah. sounds so you awesome. You want to put on a VR headset to go in a tiny box yeah. with a I, stamp. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily Think about that. just being like, <clears throat> you know, you take the stamp, you stamp something, you just take the password, you're like, fuck you, like, throw it back at there him. Is I would something, absolutely do There's it. something very satisfying about throwing things in VR. Right. Like, I was don't need I, this. When I visited the Grumps a few months ago, I, they gave me the golf demo, and after I hit one ball in, then all I wanted to do was see how far I could throw the golf club yeah. and like see how it interacted with things. Like you just want to physics. Like you guys did so it in, well. in the first episode of VR: The Champions with uh, job simulator. Job yeah. simulator. You immediately wanted to test: Did the developers think of this? Did they think of this? Did mm-hmm. they think of this? And all these, all the best games, they thought of that shit. Oh yeah. Um, like uh, uh, hover junkers. If you shoot yourself in the face, you do damage to yourself. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. This even is the, yeah. This is yeah. This great. is me <clears throat> discovering this. You what? just kind of. No, I'm on a donut that, out of the trash. And you <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and it's very, very clever. Um, Don't trash kids. So yeah. one of the things that, that blew my mind that I'd never considered, uh, there's a game in the, uh, is it the Valve Laboratory? The Lab. The Lab. It's called The Lab. Which yeah. the first thing I ever saw in the Vive was the robot repair thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. First off, the writers over at Valve continue to just blow me away. Um, they blow you, huh? I wish, man. I would blow them. They are fantastic well, at what the they do. the secret room of the lab. Um, anyways, the, um, uh, uh, the so robot the repair catapult, thing. The catapult thing, the There's longbow the thing, thing was, the um, photogrammetry. Oh, man, I completely lost um, my... You threw in blowjobs, and I completely lost my train of thought. There's the my one where you're the, uh, oh, the ship. ship. The ship, thank you, okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. So there's... Um, oh, that's cool, yeah. There's a game in there. Um, just imagine, like, Space Invaders, right, um, where you pilot a little spaceship, you shoot at aliens, that's it. You just point it in the direction of the bad guy, and the ship will automatically fire and destroy it. Um, but unlike most games where you are the character, like there's um, like a, a, a bunch of first-person shooter games, and there's a bunch of shit where like you are the character, this was, you're playing with the ship. You can pick up the ship, you can look at the ship, it makes cool sounds, and I realized I never even once thought about the possibility of virtual toys. 
mm, where yeah. you can just say, hey, I want my controller to look like a T-Rex. And your little kid now gets a little T-Rex. You press the button, it roars, a breeze fire. And I want this controller to be a spaceman. Boop. Mm -hmm. You just load in those little preset things, and now you can just play. It's like was, it's I like the uh, augmented reality cards that came with, what was it, the Wii U? Uh, was it, no, it was the 3DS. 3DS. Yeah. 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 Okay. Little, uh, it's like the same kind of thing, right? Right, Where but if you could like, the do a thing with it, like, like too, if you right? had a little Mario, and if you press the trigger, he shoots a fireball. Yeah. If you press mm -hmm. this, he goes, wahoo! It's like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is a toy Imagine if, if that's what your Amiibos were. If they were just like a little circular platform. Yeah. And it's like you looked at them with a headset or virtual reality or augmented reality, and then like they came to life and they were animated and made all the noises. I, I have immediately have now found myself trying to think of like how do we make this work in VR? Like uh, I did an archery game, I did uh, uh, hover junkers, the shooter game. Um, <coughs> I the thing I want is a sword fighting game. But here's the thing: the problem with that right now is that there's no feedback for when your sword clashes with another That's sword. True. There's no physical feedback there, and th the feedback in some of these games is great. Just like the tiniest little vibration. Yeah. Also, you, you should look at a game so called right. Raw Data. Raw data? Mm -hmm. I'll check that out. It's got uh, sword fighting in it. It's uh, like a future laser sword kind of thing. Uh -huh. But yeah, it, that is an issue is the actual feedback. There isn't really anything other than a vibration. Right now, the only idea that I could come up with to make like a PvP sword fighting game is if, say that your swords, you have two swords. They're kind of like lightsaber things. As soon as your sword makes contact with another sword, both swords pff, shatter. Like they cancel each other out and you have to switch quickly, like put it behind mm -hmm. your back and recharge it. So then that gets rid of like, it makes sense why you're not feeling anything because, oh, the blade's gone now. Quickly reset and try and like poke the other. It's more of like a rapier fencing kind of style. But it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like now Come all on. I do is Come like, on. all I can think about is like, <laughs> fuck, how would this work? How would that work? How do we make this? Who's going to do that? That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I caved and threw $800 Because I don't think it will be very long until eventually there are something you can put on your feet. Mm-hmm. That will read on the sensors as well. Someone already uh, did a that. Vest, like eventually, your full body will be. I think I mentioned right now it last week. Hands and head. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, strapped an extra pair of the Vive controllers to their feet and incorporated it into Maximum VR. Yeah, yeah. So you can kick shit. <laughs> so you have feet what? too. Oh, wow. yeah. Maximum VR is a, a monster game where you're just a giant monster trying to destroy. Oh, that's city. amazing. Look out for a future VR of the yeah. Champions episode. That's a great episode. Mm -hmm. We almost there. broke the Vive twice. Yes, <laughs> and I think you had about it at a table. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Imagine. All right, here, let me read this last mm -hmm. thing. Can you put that out there? Make in, it prominent. In place, in place of I will even take my feet down. Uh, one reminder everyone, this episode take of The Patch is also brought to you by Pro Flowers. Aww. Mom has always been an expert on everything. Cooking, relationship advice, fixing your cuts and bruises. There you go. Um, the one thing you can't go to her for is advice on what to get her for Mother's Day. Not to worry, you'll look like an expert on Mother's Day when you use Pro Flowers. Uh, get mom 100 blooms with a free glass vase for $19.99 plus shipping and handling, or make her day extra special. Upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Go to, pro, go to proflowers.com today and use code uh, THEPATCH. Proflowers takes the guesswork out of sending mom, grandma, or wife the perfect Mother's Day gift. Thanks, Ryan. Can't beat the price and convenience. Proflowers takes care of the details. Here's the only way to get 100 blooms with a free glass vase starting at $19.99. Visit proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and type in the patch. That's proflowers. Click on the microphone, type in the patch. Remember, Mother's Day is next week. Order today. This offer expires Friday at midnight. Oh, is it next week? It's next uh, week. I'm unprepared. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there, no. there you go. There's your answer. It's on the screen right now. And I have to do it for you know my mother and then my wife because the kids are too young. And that's the important one. Don't let, if you let them slack off now, 
They're never going to learn. You just put them in the woods and hope they come back with flowers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Make it a game. Yeah. There you go. Whoever yeah. gets the most flowers, daddy loves more. Mm-hmm. There you go. And gets to eat tonight. Ooh, they Okay, wow. Eating children. Maybe even flowers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Pro Flowers. Yeah. Back over here. You can put your feet back up. All right. Hey, I'm um, good. <laughs> so I've been... Have you, have you had a chance... You were talking about like um, multiplayer games that we're really into and voice chat and everything earlier. Have you had a chance to play Overwatch yet? I would like to, though. The beta's over, right? Beta is over. Okay. I think now the, the only remaining beta is if you, like, pre-order it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can play it, I think, next week? Looks yeah, next cool. starting next Thursday or Friday. Tuesday. Tuesday? Tuesday? I thought it was May 5th when it started. Oh, close beta starts on Tuesday. Like, oh, for the Bam. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. I had a, chance, awesome. to, I had a chance to play that also at PAX East. So I played it on the PC previously, but at PAX East I had a chance to play it on the Xbox One. And uh, it was it, that game's that game's a lot of fun. I'm Great. really looking forward to that game. That was the biggest that thing at PAX East. Yeah, Overwatch like by far. Yeah, it was Overwatch. Battleborn had a big thing going on. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Arc had a big really thing. Yeah, Arc Survival Evolved. Yeah, that giant T Rex. People were like mm-hmm. sitting up on a T Rex and they'd take pictures of you up. Well, oh, you see a giant T Rex, you're gonna go towards the giant. Yeah, T-Rex. absolutely. Take a picture of the T-Rex. And, yeah, and uh, Overwatch had that Uber Watch thing where you could like get in a. Like a super decked out car. Yeah. That was like, oh, that was yeah. so awesome. What? They were, they were the tracer car. They, yeah, there was a tracer car. There was a diva was car. A and there was a Soldier now? 76 uh, car. Uh, it was like a Lamborghini, a three wheel car, and then like a big Ford F650. Wow. Uh, except the big truck, one of the trucks got into uh, a fender bender. I don't oh, know if you heard oh, that. Really? <laughs> I saw the truck pull up and yeah. drop someone out. And I was yeah. like, the spoiler? Looking at? There were multiple ones of each car. <gasps> oh, oh, one yes. time I was walking out and I saw <laughs> the two divas pull up at the same time. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. There's two of them. Oh, man. It broke the illusion. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, after the Gearbox panel, uh, Randy Pitchford was walking out of the convention center, and uh, he tweeted a photo of the Ford F- of the one of the Uber watches just, like, hitting a Well, it definitely couldn't see car. what the hell it was doing. It, it, was, was, like, like, it was like a monster truck. Yeah, it was Lord. huge, dude. It was ridiculous. It's nuts. But uh, that, that's, that, I think that's another game you should, uh, you should keep your eye on. I definitely on. want to check it out, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, I'll, 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 they do, and I talk about this all the time, they do such a good job differentiating all of the different characters. That's cool. And giving them personality. Um, and I, I'm, this is pathetic, and I mentioned this last week. Uh-oh. I'm so excited for Overwatch that I started playing Heroes of the Storm again. Which one's that? Is that the it's one? A, it's like uh, their like MOBA. The Blizzard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because one of the Overwatch characters is playable oh in Heroes gosh. of the Storm. That's precious, guys. Yeah, Backstory. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been, I've just been Dude, playing tons of Heroes of the Storm. Did you see? Speaking of like all the giant setups they had at PAX and everything, did you see the Quantum Break thing they had oh, around yeah. with all the cameras? Yeah, they had like twenty cameras or so. Just set around in like a 180 arc. So they do like the thing. Matrix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you would stand in the middle yeah. and then like <laughs> someone would jump up and like punch at them and then they'd take that picture that second so it could spin around. You could oh, see that's the whole cool. like frozen that's, in time thing. I saw that. I was like, great. I will never be able to get in there to do that in this line, but it's awesome looking. Then <laughs> if we took every web, uh, webcam and GoPro in the company, we could build one. Like all different resolutions and sizes. <laughs> yeah. and- as it moves around, it's like, yeah. it turns yeah. like black and white at one point. It's like, yeah. it's like, wow, it looks really good. Now it looks really bad. No, okay, now it looks <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. It'll look like you're like fractured in time. It'll be perfect. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, there you it's go. a theme. Oh, speaking of Quantum Break, um, it's an interesting segue since we haven't talked about Quantum Break in a while. Uh, I read an article. I forget if it was on, who was it? I think it might have been on Kotaku. It was on Kotaku. Yeah. It's about the fact that Sean Ashmore will basically respond to any tweet with Quantum Break in it right now. Yeah. Well, well what the, there was a Kotaku article written by uh, Mike Fahey talking about how all of the product placement in Quantum Break was killing him. And, really? Yeah, and, and he's right. I, I, this is something we never mm-hmm. talked about when, uh, when the game came out was how 
obvious it was, like all of the different product placement. Like obviously there's a bunch of Microsoft products. Like everyone uses a Windows phone. Everyone has like Surface tablets. Are we talking like Windows like House PCs. of Cards level? Is that a PS Vita? Like no, not, product not, placement? Not even. No. Just like it's ubiquitous. Like wow. it's the only thing in the universe. Everyone also drives a Nissan. Yes. See, wow. I completely just that I don't even notice that stuff. I, I was blind I, to it I until someone told me. I've been ra- we we largely have been raised in a world where they tried to do that so much that now it's just like the part of the background but noise. There was, of there was even movie. like Nissan billboards in the game. Yes, there was. Like I don't even look at billboards. Like, oh, like look, none yeah. of that registers at all. Okay. That I noticed. Yeah. That's what, like what tipped me off to it. I was like, oh, I guess they're like you know sponsoring or like product placement. Yeah, placement. Like, and I then think- in the show, so I was like. He's in the Nissan being chased by <laughs> Nissan. Yeah. Like early in the game, like when you first, like the first cutscene, like when you arrive at the college, like you get out of a cab, and I was like, "That's weird. That's a Nissan Leaf taxi cab." And then it's like, "Oh, now he's getting into another Nissan, and they're being chased by a Nissan Rogue." Yeah. Okay, it's it's everywhere. Wow. Yeah, the, it was it was it was all over the place. The first game I noticed that in was Guitar Hero Three. There's one oh, yeah. there's one level where it's like I think you're shooting a music video and in the background you can see movie posters for things and it was just like blatant advertisement for whoever wanted it at that time. I think they switched it out too at some point. Like there was an update and then like oh, yeah. the ad changed to a different ad at one point. I, th- I thought. There I is a, oh, there's a, no, several of those games do have back ends to actually swap out the advertisements mm-hmm. for more topical things because otherwise it makes no sense. It's like, yeah. hey, you get your one shot at this movie. <laughs> that movie came out seven years ago with yeah. the ad still in the game. I remember yeah. that was a big controversy back like in oh three maybe oh two when like xbox live and these online services were first launching because these game developers were building those back-end hooks to be able to deliver and then update advertising i think one of them was called like ea service was called massive Hmm. i want to say i might might be wrong about that i remember people were really worried about how that was going to negatively affect games if you had to sit through a commercial or you know you know what level of uh how much would it get in the way of the actual gameplay Mm -hmm. and i think for the most part, it's been okay. Sometimes it's a little over the top. Yeah, I've never run into anything that's like horrible. It's sometimes annoying. Like, it might take you out of it for a second, but I've never run into anything super terrible. It's, <laughs> yeah, I guess the trick is keeping it appropriate to the world that it's in. Yeah. So you don't break the immersion trying to run your ad. Yeah, if suddenly, like, Alex Vance went up to Gordon and was like, Gordon, you're looking bad. Here, drink this Mountain Dew Livewire. <laughs> like, 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 as she holds uh, it, she like, turns it. So book or catch. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, I see hot. Why do I need this? <laughs> I, do, I do remember uh, one of the weirder ones. I think, it, I think it was in Rainbow Six Vegas, you know, one of the levels you're going through. Uh, and like, it was a dark level. And I thought, wow, that car is lit really well. Oh, and Vegas? I walked, yeah, and I walked up Vegas. to it and it was like, some, it was like a Dodge vehicle. I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Un- understood. I think if I remember, that was you could shoot all the vehicles, and if you shot that one, nothing would happen. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every other vehicle you could blow up, but that one was just like <laughs> impervious because yeah. it was in the spotlight. Because <laughs> it's American <laughs> craftsmanship. Right I was there. gonna say it's built Dodge tough, but that's not the thing. Close. <laughs> Close. What's Ram- Dodge's? Ram uh, tough. Uh, yeah, uh, Dodge. Rams are made sure. by Dodge. Let's see. Chef, oh, there you go. Chef, okay. Do- Dodge. So oh. you're gonna settle. Buy a Dodge. There you that's go. Like a rock. No, that's Chevy. There's a computer mouse distracting the fuck out of me over there. <laughs> like, I can't take my either, eyes off it. Either that mouse is on acid or I am. Yeah. Gus, did we ever go over what your favorite oh. thing about games was, man? Uh, we didn't, but I, I felt like I was going to be repeating the same thing. Oh, okay. It's like I like story. Like to me, I'm interested in, uh, in absorbing and taking in story. It, like mm-hmm. to me, games are just like almost like another avenue, like movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. it's like I just want I just want to f- see what story someone else wants to tell. And games are interesting because, you know, you can 
direct it to an extent. You know, you kind of have some control mm -hmm. over it. Largely, in the end, you don't, you know, on right. almost any game, even games that proclaim to have free choice. Like, right, you really... Right. All right, Peter Molyneux. You know, you're yeah. on, you're on <laughs> right. the same path. But that being said, I still enjoy the journey getting yeah. there. Are you one of the guys who uh, will say in a game like... Fallout 3 will like read all the terminals and shit oh, yeah. like to really get into that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to know everything about the world. I'm a lot like that. Quantum Break was a lot like that. Like every collectible oh, something God. you could read. Oh, God. God. Every single there was like 200 <laughs> something collectibles. Qu in Quantum each Break started one. to kill me. Oh. There, was, there, there was too much. There was Dude, a lot. There was Especially one. the like fan fix. one. There was one fucking thing in that where you could turn on an audiobook of somebody reading like a Shakespearean play like really annoyingly uh -huh. and like so, in the level, you would turn it on, and it was next to an enemy radio, and you'd be like, well, "I'm just gonna leave that on." Like you say it in the thing, so mm -hmm. you're just playing it through the radio, and they're like, "Shut up! Like shut that up! Whoever's wow. doing it." But then in the episode, like one of the main oh, that was villains, a ripple. yeah, it was a ripple. One of the main villains like walks into a room, and you can hear it playing over the speaker, and he's like, "What is that?" And they're like, "We don't know. We don't know how to turn it off and stuff like that." Whoa. In the episode, it was like so cool. That's really there's cool. There's um there's a moment in that game, and I'll say this without spoilers, where someone goes back in time and has to like go through a bunch of time well, there's time travel over, over Spoiler. again and in their like second go through of time they keep a journal for like 17 years or uh -huh. something and it's so, like you can go through and read 17 years yeah, of wow. that person's journal oh my god of reliving That's all of this insane. shit and you're like how long is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They write that. Yeah, this they wrote this and then they put it in the game. This is taking forever. Do you think they had like somebody was tempted to just copy paste a few entries to see if anybody would notice? I started reading like, it. Day seven hundred twelve yeah, is a lot like day yeah. eight hundred twelve. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I didn't read through like the whole thing of that. Every now and again, they have like ones like that where it really adds to the story. Sometimes, like if you want to go through it and mm -hmm. read it, they have other ones that are just like fucking stupid. Like there was a guy who was writing a screenplay. Called like time stabber. Something about like I don't, was you could stab somebody and send them back in time. <laughs> it was. I don't think I would call it a screenplay. It was like a thinly veiled well, fantasy. It, it was basically a fanfic about because it was he, him and like the doctor. And the doctor that he was yeah, writing yeah. it to were characters in it, and like it was like so good because he would write it by like yeah. explaining what was happening. He's like. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I stabbed this guy, but not that hard. So it sent him back in <laughs> yeah, time this far. He was always really, the main character was always really terse. Like, I stabbed. I stabbed, <laughs> yeah. It was, and then like, and then one he of the died. And then he got One of the again. last things you could find in the game was a TV that if you turned it on, it just had a guy stand there with his back to the camera and he spins around with a knife and it's like, time stabber. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so great. That's so funny. There, man. Yeah, there were a lot of really good Easter eggs. But um, in that journal, if you go through like to like September 11th, it's like, well, I tried to stop it. Nobody believed <laughs> oh, me. <man. laughs> it's like, it's like, okay, oh, it's, that's, we, we, that's really cool. Yeah, we, God, that's great. We've come all the way around on it. Love that shit, man. All right, well, hourglass is uh, is empty. There. It's a tear yeah. right oh, now. There, there it is. goes. Wow. Nailed. As soon as you pointed it out. In so go brain. watch the achievement hunter stream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fuck those funhouse. Oh, guys. and uh, when we post Pansies. this uh, this episode of the patch, we're going to be uh, adding a special bonus segment at the end. I forgot to mention. Uh, I, I had a chance to interview Duncan Jones and Robert Kaczynski from the Warcraft movie at PAX East. Ooh, nice. So uh, if you watch, continue watching the patch for another few minutes, you'll see uh, Jeff and I interview them. All right, uh, on that note, we'll see you guys next week. And yeah. uh, thanks for watching. Gaming.youtube.com slash human hunter slash live. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody for coming out. Uh, it's uh, Jeff and Gus here from Rooster Teeth. And uh, we're talking with uh, Duncan Jones and uh, Rob Kaczynski Hello. from uh, the Warcraft movie. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we got. Uh,
Duncan is the writer, uh, the director, and he also wrote the screenplay. One of the people who wrote the screenplay for the yes, movie. Yes. And uh, Rob plays uh, Orgrim Doomhammer in uh, in the in the uh, Warcraft movie. So uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us. So there's there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, like when it comes to the Warcraft movie. You know, I've been playing WoW for you know 12 years, and even before that, you know, I was a huge fan of the uh, the Warcraft universe. And one of the things that I like most about Warcraft and the story of Warcraft is how, in my opinion, I've been playing Horde for a long time, is, is how nuanced the conflict between the Alliance and the Horde is. And it's not necessarily, in my opinion, not necessarily black and white. You know, it's like people or different races struggling to get along and, and um, fight over common shared resources. Like, how difficult is that, you know, to portray in a movie, it's not necessarily clear, black and white. It's like it's it's it's, it's there's a lot of subtlety to that conflict. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, Warcraft. You're you're a 12 year veteran. I'm a 20 year veteran. So I, I was playing the real time strategy games when Orcs of Humans first came out. Actually, I played Lost Vikings before that came out. So I've been a fan of Blizzard games since the very start. Um, but I think one of the things that I loved about it is besides the fact that you know I think they took a lot of the fantasy tropes that we kind of know and recognize from Tolkien and Dungeons and Dragons and other places, but they found a way to put their own twist. And I think one of the things that makes it signature Warcraft is the fact that there are heroes all over the place on all sides. And especially because you know, the very first game, Orcs and Humans, is based on a sort of a bilateral conflict between the Orcs and Humans. It made sense with our movie to sort of go back to that and start, start with that first conflict. And it also made sense that the audience would be able to empathize and care about both sides. Now, that was really important. That makes that makes total sense to me. And I know you know you talk about having having being a longtime fan. I know you're also uh, Rob. You're also a fan of the Warcraft universe. I've heard stories that you during production on Pacific Rim, you would play World of Warcraft in your downtime, yes. and that maybe in a kind of roundabout way led to you being involved with this project. I mean, yeah, it kind of did. I was shooting Pacific Rim and I had a four hour break and uh, I pulled out my laptop and just sat there next to the producers and start playing it and Gillian looks over to me, she's the producer from Legendary and she goes, don't, don't be a dick. Uh, <laughs> which is a refrain I often hear. Um, and I was like, why? What, what's your... Why? What and could I possibly be doing what wrong? What could I possibly be doing wrong? <laughs> Hold on, let me put my pants back on. Uh, and then, and she says, "Don't. What are you doing? You know what you're doing. You're being disingenuous." So I was like, "I, I, I, I don't know what's happening here." Uh, and she says to me the fatal words that ruined her life, which is, "You know, we're making that movie." <laughs> Took my pants right back off. I, I was. Uh, I. Um, I then pestered her for about two years. At that point, Sam Raimi was uh, was rumored to direct. Duncan I killed him. It. <laughs> literally removed him from the process. Uh, and I, I just harassed her. I wanted to be. I wanted to be a consultant. I wanted to. I would have just held hands or got coffee for anybody. I just wanted to be on the set. As you know, I've been playing it for so many years and to such a high level that it meant so much to me. Uh, and then eventually, I'm. Gillian from Legendary set me up with Stuart, who's one of the producers on the movie, who said, "There's no part for you in this." And and he said that. Yeah, he said, "There's no, there's no part. There's no part. You're too ugly. You're too fat." <laughs> and, and 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 I was like, "That's okay." He's like, "Come up and visit though, and we'll like we'll make you feel." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." And then he calls like a week later, and says, "Actually, there might be a role for you." And I was like, "Cool," thinking there might be, you know second kobold from the left or hogger or something 
And then, and You'd then, be a great hogger. I'd be a great hogger, wouldn't I? <laughs> Don't even need to wear fake hair, anything. Um, and then, uh, like, Duncan says, do you want to be Orgrim? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Are you mental? Of course I do. Other than Arthas, it's pretty much my number one, like, role that I would want. I wouldn't want to be Thrall. Um, so, like, I, it was just, it came out of, like, it felt very fated, very predestined, and... I, and if I hadn't been a part of this movie, would have been such a such a miss for me in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then, in your personal lives, are you guys Horde or Alliance? <laughs> and it, it's an important question. It is an important question. He's allowed to answer it. I'm not allowed to answer it because I absolutely have to be. You have to be impartial. Non-denominational. Yeah. Although, what I will say is. Um, Back in ancient times, before World of Warcraft started, there was a game called Ultima Online. Yep. And I used to run a guild for Ultima Online, and me and all of my guildies um, basically migrated from Ultima Online to, uh, to, to World of Warcraft when, when the beta started for that and started vanilla. Um, now, half of them wanted to play Horde and the other half wanted to play Alliance. And that was, that was heart-rending for me because I, I, I kind of had to make a commitment. I can't tell you what side I committed to, but, but you I, didn't lose I didn't have to make a friends, choice. Essentially. It, was, it was like Sophie's choice, <laughs> but with orcs. <laughs> I, and I, I started off as Alliance through Vanilla and Burning Crusade, uh, and I was, I was like a real, like, for the Alliance, uh, run! Kind of a uh, kind of play, and then uh, we transferred to Horde. I well, I applied to a, a top guild, and yeah. I had to faction change over. Uh, well, I went over to that faction at that point, um, and restarted and joined them. And then I stayed with them as a Horde player, with the majority of my characters being Horde until today. And found that it was so much more fun on the Horde side. <laughs> well, it, it was. Briefing is much easier on the Horde side because. Yeah. There are no, this is very controversial, but the Horde are much better at PvP. Yeah, of course. So you got much better backup. Well, it's like, I think about like professional wrestling, right? It's like, you want to be the heel. You want to yeah. be like the guy that everyone's booing and hating. And and, uh, and when it comes to PvP, that's what I like. I like, you know, going exactly. out and be like. It's hard to be a good guy when you're undead. Yeah. You know? And, and like I said earlier, I think at its core, it's just a misunderstanding. It's like, I mean, the Horde aren't bad. They're just misunderstood. Like, but that's what, the, that's, that's what we're trying to say with the film, you know? Like, the, the, the war is essentially the villain in this piece that we made. And, you know, the Orcs have good and bad within themselves. There's two major factions here, which is the Orcs and the Humans, not necessarily the Horde and the Lions, but Orcs and Humans. And within those factions themselves, there are also splits. You know, that's... that's that's real world politics, and that's in the law of the game, and that's in the history of the game as well. Like it's it's subtle and it's graded and it's it, it's it's you know it's it's confusing. Yeah. And that's what we've put on the screen. Not something confusing, but something that is intertwined <laughs> and something that is complex. It's not just black and white. Yeah. It's it's more than just bang, smash, kill, run. It's it's it's, it's a, a film about war. There's a bit of that. So, <laughs> you talk about war being the villain in this. You know, have you talked about the the time frame in the Warcraft universe when this movie takes place? Because based on observation from the trailers, it seems like first war. You know, uh, orcs coming through the portal uh, into Azeroth for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's a first contact story. So it, it it really is about the about the um, escaping of Draenor and, and and coming to Azeroth for the first time. Um, and one of the questions that's always going to come up for people who are sort of 
familiar, very familiar with Warcraft is how many changes are there, how much tweaking to lore is there in order to make it work as a movie. Everything that we did right from the very, very start to the very end, we did very closely working with Blizzard. Um, and so that there are, there are moments where there's some retconning and some sort of changing things to make it work for the movie, but as much as we could, we tried to keep to the lore. Where, whether it be, you know, characters, ma major moments in the history, um, and even the, you know the visual design as well, which was a which was a, a major labor of love, was to try and find a way to transform something which was very stylistic and cartoonish in the games at point at times, and turn it into something which could work and, and exist in a live action real world. But at the same time, you got to, you got to keep that thing that makes it feel like Warcraft. So, just bouncing off of that. Do you have an orc say Zug Zug in the film? Do I look like the kind of guy who wouldn't have an orc say Zug Zug in Warcraft? <laughs> I think uh, I'm excited about that. Like it, it, it's like I mentioned, you know, I played a lot of the game. I'm very versed in the universe, and I think that you know there are millions of people who are intimately familiar with this universe. And I think that let if, me tell you, if Zug Zug actually has a key moment in the film, if we hear Zug Zug, or when we hear Zug Zug, I know there's going to be like resounding like applause and cheering in the theater when uh, when people hear uh, hear that moment because it's, it's so iconic uh, in Warcraft. Um, so I've read that, you know, when filming the movie, it was, you know, you all shot for 120 days. And then even after that, you know, you've been through 20 months of post-production uh, on the film. You know, how how do you keep fresh eyes on it? You know, this is a project that's, you know, you spent so much time on set shooting. And then after the fact, you have to spend so much time looking at it over and over. Like, how do you stay fresh? I mean, I, I think... I think all films, um, and I know you guys have made a film as well, but all films go through a, a remaking process, whether you're writing the film, shooting the film, editing the film. You know, you kind of, you're making a new film in a sense each time. And, and with this one, there's just a couple of extra stages of remaking the film. Um, and the visual effects is obviously a huge component of this movie. We were fortunate to be working at this crazy scale where we were actually able to build huge amounts of the world for camera. But ILM came in and did this extraordinary work making Rob Kaczynski look handsome, which which I think they did a great job of. 20 months. <laughs> Took 20 months. 20 months. So half the budget, I heard. Yeah, half yeah. the budget? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, that, that must be a relief to you as the actor, you know, going in and, I mean, well, I, I shouldn't assume. Was it a relief going in and instead of doing you know, practical effects and makeup and having to sit in a makeup chair for eight hours a day, instead you get to go in and do you know, a motion capture performance. You know, um, did you feel like it was beneficial to do it that way? Uh, I mean, I'd done full body and face prosthetics before and it was the worst six months of my entire life. And when we were like discussing this and whether, you know, and, and, it, and, and it was like, I'd already auditioned and they said, hey, do you want to be my Orgrim? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do, really, really badly. But there's this bit in the back of my head that was going, I just, if it's if it's full body and face prosthetics, I don't, I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm, I don't know, I'll, I mean, I will kill myself to do this film. Can I do this? Can I do it? And then when, when Duncan told me it was motion capture, <laughs> hallelujah, it was like, it was like the best moment of my life that I could do it. And i tell you something, um, motion capture has come on it's such leaps and bounds. I mean, ILM did things like um, The Incredible Hulk. And when you look at Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and you see the life and the soul in Caesar and in, in Cobra, 
like these characters have evolved now where then the digital effects I think have kind of they have their place but when you can do a performance as nuanced and as real and as 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 complete as you can in motion capture nowadays I, I it's just it's a better version of storytelling <laughs> no you're absolutely right and I think one of the things we do at the beginning of Warcraft and it's almost just a just to, because we want to show that we have the balls to be able to do it, is we hold on a close-up of Duratan, who's one of our sort of leads, for maybe eight, ten seconds. And normally you're always trying to cut out of the effect shots as fast as possible, but it's just so good. And you're in this close-up and it looks like this, I mean, it is this living, breathing, yeah. believable, empathetic character. And you just sit watching him, looking at his wife who's asleep. And it's just like, wow, yeah, I, I, can, I understand this guy. You know, it's not it's not a monster, it's a person. I think, you know, one of the first promotional images that came out from the movie was a close-up of Durotan. And, uh, you know, I, I know when I saw that, I thought the same thing. It's like, normally you try to hide that and you try to cut away from it because things like that typically in the past look better in motion than they do in still. But, you know, to release one of the first promotional images like that, it was, it was like a statement, like, this is going to look good. You do not have to worry about the visual fidelity of this project. And it was, uh, it was really encouraging to see. So... When, um, when you're, you know, concepting, you know, how to shoot this film, did you take a lot of uh, inspiration from, like, RTS or MMO camera angles? Like, does that play into it at all? Like, do you have to show an overhead shot? Everything's from an aerial view. Well, I think anyone who's seen some of the trailers, I think it was an early trailer, and there is a, there is a little shout-out to the old RTS isometric view um, with, with the camera going from, from, from village to village. Um, so that was a little shout out to the RTSs and, and you know where we can find moments to do it and it doesn't bring you out of the movie. Although now that I've said it, you're all going to notice that and you're going to be thinking, oh, that's from the RTS. <laughs> but if I hadn't said that, <laughs> it would feel organic and natural to the movie. And so, so there's a few things that are, that are sort of buried in there that are little call outs to, to the games themselves. No, that's awesome. And there's, and there's plenty of, of background Easter egg stuff. There's, there's, uh, there's so much of that stuff that you're definitely not going to see when you first see it. Yeah, I feel like, you know, based on the, the, the history that you all have with the game and the, the, the knowledge of it, it's the kind of movie you're going to want to watch multiple times to see, you know, all the, the Easter eggs and the background things you don't pick up on. And, you know, one, one of the other things is we the players. One of the main reasons, I can't speak for everybody, but one of the reasons I liked going and playing that game 18 hours every day, because I like the world. You know, the world was somewhere I like to be. And this film does the same thing. You know, it's going to be a world you want to go back to. It has the same complexity, the same landscapes. It's all done in the kind of way that we always wanted to see it done. You know what I mean? When we all watch the trailers at the beginning of every game, the, the, the cinematics that came out with Arthur's My Son and all that stuff, we always wanted a movie. And we've got it now, and this is going to be one of those places where you could just go and, and, and feel at home like we always did playing the game. And what I would add <laughs> is also, I, I, you know, one of the things that we, we wanted to do is, you know, Peter Jackson made Lord of the Rings a, a while ago now, and that was absolutely seminal, set the bar for what a fantasy film is, I think, for all of us. Um, but it doesn't feel like there had been that many fantasy universes depicted that measured up to that, yeah. that made you feel that that place was as real as, as, as those, especially the first three films, uh, made you feel. So we, we wanted to find a way to to first of all meet, reach that level, but at the same time differentiate ourselves. And I, and I think just the nature of, of Blizzard's Warcraft artwork, the fact that it has this kind of slightly hyper, hyper kinetic, stylized look, and this saturation and this color, um, 
you know, that was that was kind of we, we wanted to find a way to make that, but do that in a realistic way. So that's you know, hopefully from the trailers you get a sense that that's that's where we went. But one of the other things that I, I noticed, you know, is when you play Warcraft, the transitions from one environment and one territory to another are quite rapid. You sort of you, you get these hard divisions between forests, you know, between uh, Elwyn Forest and Westfall, or you know, these 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 quick transitions. And one of the things we did in the film is. When you're looking at a, a larger sort of panoramic landscape, you see multiple terrain types. And it's very sub, subliminal, and you don't really kind of ne necessarily immediately realize that you're seeing something you just don't see in the real world that much. But it feels accurate. And it's funny, because it, it does give you a fantasy world and a feeling of, of a reality that is very different than anything you've seen in other fantasy movies. Now, that sounds exciting, and I'm really, uh, really looking forward to the movie. It's uh, coming out June 10th, yep. so uh, we're, we're in the home stretch here. So uh, thanks, guys, for thank taking you. the time so to, to sit down with us. Uh, really thank appreciate you. it. <laughs> and thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. You're great. For the Horde Lions! <laughs> for the Horde Lions.